Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast and the 100th episode of our podcasting existence. Who would have thought when we started this uh, podcast uh, at the beginning of last season that our 100th episode would be on the eve, uh, or I guess eve, 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 it's Thursday night, of an NFC championship uh, appearance for the Eagles. So pretty, pretty incredible uh, run the Eagles have had and uh, we have had. And uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, before we we get started to preview the game, just uh, expressing our our gratitude for all the listeners, all the support, uh, these hundred episodes. if uh, if you can prove you've listened to all 100, then we'll have a prize for you. Uh, Mike, how, how you doing? Uh, I'm so excited. Um, I'm also surprised uh, when you dropped that bit of news on me. I think before our last recording, it kind of doesn't feel real because that's a very large number of podcasts. And I guess that's good that it doesn't feel like we've done that many, but uh yeah we we've had a lucky two seasons to pot about and you know i'll echo your sentiments on all the people who've been on the ride with us um watching and talking about the team the last two years it's been a fun two seasons and what a what a game and what a time to preview this championship weekend um i'm super excited said that last week that hasn't dipped at all. If anything, it's just gone up uh, incrementally each day. And you tell me if you feel this. The Giants game feels like it was two weeks ago at this point. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, it, I, and and the reason I think is just because it was on Saturday. We had a whole day of games. Uh you know, it was like 24 hours without knowing our opponent almost. Then once, yeah. once we learned our opponent, it was kind of like, okay, well, when's the game? And now it's Thursday night. And uh, I, I think I've, I've, I'm, I'm riding the roller coaster of uh, confidence and nervousness uh-huh. um, uh, uh, going into it. But yeah, our, our first ever episode was, I, I believe, previewing the, uh, the draft. Um, they took, did they take that was the Devonte smith draft mm-hmm. so um you know we we have sort of uh uh started the jalen hurts era not us we weren't the catalyst for it but that's when we started was uh jalen as the starter and um you know we're two for two making the playoffs uh we we got a number one seed and a we we got the first ever seven seed in the <laughs> NFL, uh, and then the the and following the first, year the Phillies the f- got the first ever uh, uh, six seed. I, I guess it was. Yeah, um, and the first ever single uh, by first seed. You know, it used to be the first and second seeds got by. Well, last year had that. Okay, then the second ever. Yep, second ever. <laughs> That's how it goes. Um, and I was, I was just going to say, because it's top of mind, the second regular season game that we talked about was against the team that the Eagles will be playing this week, I'm pretty sure. Because that's when the Eagles last played the 49ers. Right. 
with Jimmy yeah, G. Second game of, of the season, which uh, very well could have been a win, but it was a loss. So, um, you know, we had a we had a number of guests, a couple two timers. I don't think we had any three timers. So, uh, you know, we'll 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 definitely have guests uh, in the off season going into next year. Um, we had some people that that should be guests uh, that that haven't we haven't had it uh, made it work with so a lot of exciting guest appearances in the in the future um, hopefully uh, some some new uh, uh, innovative uh, 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 show things uh, moving forward but uh, that's that's offseason talk. We got an NFC championship game to talk about. So uh, uh, let's get into it. The 49ers come to town and uh, apparently uh, Levi Stadium's just as loud as uh, as the links going to be. What, what do you think about Debo Samuel's comments? I mean, I think it's perfectly fine for him to say I don't I don't think he believes it. Although I don't know if he's ever played there, to be honest. I think that's one of those things that you just, there's certain things that players are kind of obligated to say to act like uh, this is just like any other week. And, you know, they're, they're going about their business as they always do. And this isn't some uh, especially crazy atmosphere because, you know, the second you start believing that, the second uh, you start to get a little distracted. I, I might be biased, but it feels like when uh, Eagles are the Eagles are trash talked uh, and this might be recency, but they don't uh, they don't really like go after the other team as much. They they uh, like like this is oh the 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 Eagles fans aren't as loud as our fans like uh, uh, most recently at the Micah Parsons system stuff, the Eagles are kind of like don't not listening to that, like going, going about our business. Like that's a Jalen thing. I feel like with, with Carson uh, and with Nick Foles, it was kind of like, you know, they could say whatever they want this or that. Like people aren't uh, player Eagles players aren't, aren't uh, necessarily calling, you know? Yeah. I think a big part of that is the like underdog status. Like that's when you do kind of have to like fight people off of you and like, you know, fight for yourself, but when you're the number one seed, um, even when they were, uh, at the Super Bowl run, it was, everyone's counting us out. It's about the, it was the Eagles talking about the Eagles, what other people are saying. This is like an, a 49er talking about the Eagles, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, that didn't strike me as any, that didn't, that didn't really reach high on my like bulletin board. I don't, I don't later. know this bulletin board, but it's just a curious like outside, uh, uh, un, un, unnecessary type thing. Like the the since Micah Parsons made the system quarterback uh, comment, like I don't know if he's had a sack since. So, I mean, he's still a very good player and 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 was a you know game disruptor and all that but uh hasn't hasn't served him well to to make that kind of comment so you know the the giants uh at least giants fans were a lot more uh cocky than than debo was so i i agree like going into this game it's pretty tame from the <laughs> niner side from from what yeah. i've seen but this, this wasn't loaded from a 49ers perspective but 
we should mock Chris Sims for his tripling, quadrupling down on his recent comment about saying like I couldn't he, I couldn't watch that whole video. <laughs> yeah. Well Cliff notes for anybody who hasn't or will refuse to, he was basically this is after last week's game in which the Giants were dominated. He being Chris Sims said that He'd still take Daniel Jones if it was about just who's a better passer over Jalen Hurts. So yeah, it's it's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> no, 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 no reflection. No, uh, no correcting priors. It's just I, him. And saying, I, I think a, an interesting part of it is like he he was saying that they're similar runners. Uh, uh, Hertz didn't throw. I, th- I think this was uh, one of the points. Like Hertz didn't throw for many more yards than than uh, Daniel Jones did. But when when you're blowing teams out and and putting your your backups in and needing to run the ball to just like drain clock in the second half, which was you know for for the first half of the season or so, was like oh they're not scoring in the second half. Yeah, because they're scoring so many points in the first half that they they don't need to score anymore. They just need to sort of ball control and and run the clock out. Uh, Jalen's not going to ha- have as many rushing yards as, as he might for for a full game. Uh, he he doesn't need to throw. They don't need to throw the ball. Like it's not just for him to pad his stats and. He, he he's an all pro like he's he he's in the mvp, it's an MVP consideration finalist. it's not uh, uh i i don't need to i feel yeah, like i'm preaching to the choir <laughs> um similar to preaching to the choir uh, the the associated press uh nfl awards uh nominees were uh were uh revealed yesterday and uh, uh, I, you, you broke the news to me saying Brandon Graham wasn't even a finalist for comeback player of the year, uh, to which I, um, you know, started to, uh, send all the, uh, reply with all the reasons why I should be. And you're like, you don't have to convince me. So, uh, I, I feel like, uh, that's, that's probably what, uh, well, uh, what, what I'll feel like I, I, I'm ending up sounding like, uh, sort of, Ex, you know exhuming uh exuding uh outrage not exhuming uh outrage with this so mm-hmm. uh might be a little more even keel uh with this jalen hurts uh finalist for mvp and offensive player of the year sand reddick did not make a defensive player of the year like we said brandon graham not a finalist for uh, comeback player of the year, Nick Sirianni was not one of the three for coach of the year. And uh, Shane Steichen, or as Gronk would say, Spike Man, uh, <laughs> is a finalist for assistant coach of the year. So I didn't even know that was an, an award. Um, yeah, so, there, you were, know, there was there was some confusion about um, Sirianni. Apparently he was he was one of the five finalists, but he didn't make the three finalists yeah, MV, mvp is the only one with five <laughs> finalists and the rest gotcha. are three but, but like you know, if you go on the nfl like I, I found the list of five for coach of the year on like an nfl.com article i was like okay weird <laughs> not not that like any of this is that important but i was surprised that sirianni didn't 
have a better um, argument than uh, it was Shanahan, the coach who was going up against this week, Doug Peterson, and I believe Brian Dable. Is that yep. right? It was Dable, yeah. So. I think he has, I think there's legitimate arguments for like all three. And I think it's just like the narrative isn't as interesting of a good team becoming great. There's more intrigue in bad teams that became good or teams that have overcame like great obstacles. But I think like when you look at, um, no team had bested their over-under and total wins than the Eagles this year. So, like, when you just look at it, like, plainly, what did a coach add? To me, that says a lot right there. Like, what, like how high did you bat above what people thought you would do? But, yeah, I, I don't, mean, that, I, I don't think he's sweating it. I, like, he, no, I, I think everybody I, I knows think, that he's you know, in his second year. He probably fuels him a bit, uh, a bit too. But you have to factor in, you know, uh, expected wins, like you were saying, uh, dealing with two number one receivers, managing that. Like there, there's not really a peep out of uh, that dynamic at all. Like that, this team has a lot of talent, and and to manage and get everyone to buy in is is uh, probably very difficult and uh that's that's not something that's you can really measure necessarily unless you're you're in the room um you know the 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 jag season last year was such a disaster that you know bringing in doug no no disservice to doug but um turning them into a, a playoff team is, is pretty uh, uh, worthy, I think, but they um, didn't exceed expectations. Uh, I would think as, as far as uh, during the regular season, because uh, these are regular season awards. If, if I'm not mistaken, like they're, they're voted on during the regular season. Mm-hmm. So this is prior to um it, it might would it would it be prior to the last game of the year like when they vote them in uh, or? I, don't, I don't know exactly when the yeah so e- even even so they would have just kind of like squeaked mm-hmm. into the playoffs really i mean that titans game uh was a was a close one uh they they won on that fumble uh i believe so you know they kind of squeaked in um had eight eight or nine wins so you know, a, a big turnaround, but not like anything amazing. They they took a, an Eagles team that got totally demolished in the playoffs. Uh, and and that season, I, I, I don't know what their over-under was, probably like six, six and a half or something. They still won nine games. So it's, it's for this season. So uh, I'm not saying last year should contribute, but for context, like both years, he's, he's out perform the the expectation and, and this year by a lot so um and then the brandon graham uh comeback player like saquon and christian mccaffrey both played you know seven or eight times more games than than brandon graham uh last year and um 
you know, our Brandon Graham had one of the worst injuries you could have at his age, let alone, you know, at, at that position or, or in the sport and came back and had a career year. So uh, Geno Smith, I think, should have been a finalist as, as he was. But Saquon didn't, you know, had a had a hot start, but didn't really have, a, you know, I think Miles Sanders was uh, a season was better overall than than uh, uh, Saquon and, and McCaffrey was yeah. sort of, you know, it's... dying in Carolina and, and now has had this uh, resurgence on a pretty talented team. So I, I wouldn't say that either of their seasons this year were particularly like stellar um uh brandon graham was part of uh, a record-breaking defensive line uh a defense had a career year for himself and he's not even a starter so uh yeah i think that kind of goes that against his snub. argument like not saying it should but i do think like going down that list i do think well a it's an ambiguous award there's no like clear blueprint for what uh or which players should qualify for it but i think because he is like relegated to a reserve role the other guys are like skill positions and starters like they're just more flashy names and fortunately brandon graham has a lot of respect and love in philly but i don't think he gets the the attention or love or pub that he should nationally. And I get it. He's a reserve defensive lineman, but I don't think that takes away anything he did this year. It's just kind of how it goes. The Eagles practice today and uh, among the participants, Avante Maddox limited, but uh, is uh, went through the walkthrough yesterday was listed as limited as well and today's limited seems uh on track to to play um might have a pitch count but uh seem, seems like he'll, he'll play and that'll be something to monitor with uh Chauncey Gardner Johnson playing nickel the the last uh few games uh yeah. see see how that'll work the other notable really uh only Lane Johnson with with the groin was limited uh slash rest was the designation and a, a number of other with uh, the rest uh, as their injury. So only uh, only Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox listed on the injury report. Um, on the other side, uh, uh, McCaffrey with a calf uh, did not participate today. So they had a, they have a few um, uh, guys, uh, I believe that are, that are kind of banged up. So they're a little more banged up than uh, I I expected or realized. Um, yeah. Um, McCaffrey, he said he told reporters today that there's zero chance he's missing the game. Uh, so I think they're kind of just like seeing how far in the week they can get, get him rest and just get him ready. It's a kind of like a maintenance strategy there. Um, the backup running back, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, he also hasn't practiced this week. Uh, that's a bit more concerning. He's a guy who's missed a big chunk of this season because uh, he was injured. And I think the combination of those injuries, like, I don't think. They might have a limited run game. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah. Even, it's, it's, even Debo has an ankle. He, he's been limited. 
Yeah, like I do, I do look at their injury report, and I don't think anybody will be out, but particularly for the running back room, for a team who is probably looking to exploit the Eagles' run defense, this is certainly something that I think helps out the Eagles, uh, seeing those two designations. And I was just going to say for the Eagles, uh, a great development for Avante. Um, I am curious. In my mind, he's he's very likely to play on Sunday, and I don't know if he'll be able to be a full-time starter, but I, I am curious how they end up deciding if, if he is like 100% ready to go, how do they handle, uh, they have like Reed Blankenship or is he now relegated? You know, do they, do they decide to keep uh, CJGJ in the slot for certain matchups like up against uh, a George Kittle where they need uh, a bigger body instead of Avante? And then maybe that's just a snap where like Avante's on the bench and they got uh Blankenship back there at safety when CJ's in the slot. So I don't think it's a bad problem. If anything, it adds more flexibility and creativity and better matchups, you would assume. But uh, the other good thing is AJ Brown, he wasn't on the injury report. There was uh mild concern about whatever happened at the end of uh, the game on Saturday with his uh, leg or calf or whatever, but good news there is that he's ready to go. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the 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 preview. Twenty minutes in here, uh, uh, the the 49ers finished the regular season thirteen and four and first place in the NFC West, the number two seed overall. They've won 12 games in a row, seven with Purdy starting um, with Garoppolo getting injured in uh, week 13 against the the Dolphins, uh, which was also a win. Yeah, so if you want to count that, he's on an eight-game winning streak. Uh, seven and a half games. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's incredible what he's been able to do for the team, what the team's been able to do to support him. Uh, a lot of that goes to Kyle Shanahan, who is a guy who has done a lot with a little at quarterback. I think that's fair to say, uh, especially with Jimmy G um, and then Trey Lance. And, you know, after his injury with Brock Purdy, uh, he's a guy who can really stabilize the offense, even if he doesn't have all of the, like, firepower um where most teams have it um and if you look at that string of seven and a half games um it's not uh it's not a gauntlet per se and i I don't want this to sound like i'm minimizing uh any part of this because that is impressive that you're going up against eight NFL teams. None of these are gimmies. However, I do think the proper context will clarify the competition. So uh, that starts in week 13, and that is at home against the Dolphins. They end up cruising uh, 33 to 17. Uh, the next week, they beat the Buccaneers, also at home, 35 to 7. A very impressive score. 
Um, that's Purdy's first start. Uh, the following game, this is their first road game in Seattle. Uh, they win 21-13, so a low-scoring game. Still, they, they beat a playoff team on the road, which is impressive. Uh, they beat the Commanders the next week at home, 37-20, a bit of a blowout, which, you know, that's a pretty good defense. Uh, the following week, it is in Las Vegas. Uh, that was an overtime victory, 37-34. to 34. Uh, Vegas, notably a poor defense. And also for where I'm going here, a venue that doesn't really have that much of a home field advantage for the Raiders. It's always like a bit of a mix. That's more of a destination game. Also not far from, uh, you know, the 49ers uh, hometown. A lot of them traveled, obviously. And then they had the game in, I believe it was New Mexico City, right? Uh, Mexico City. Okay, <laughs> me in Mexico City. Uh, that was against the Cardinals, uh, and that's a blowout, 38-13. to 13. Um, That takes us to the playoffs. That might have been the November game, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. All right, sorry. That was home against the, Car- the Cardinals. Um, and then the wild card weekend, they beat the Seahawks 41-23. That started out competitive, but it ended up being a blowout. And obviously last week they beat the Cowboys at home. So no losses in there. A lot of home games and very few road games. And of the road games, not really like any super impressive wins in there. Um, So that's what Brock Purdy and the 49ers have done. And again, not trying to minimize it, but I think you look at that list of teams and you say, okay, that's good, but it's not like, oh my gosh, a 12-game winning streak, eight with the third-string quarterback, how the hell are they doing this? You can kind of piece together week by week, uh, especially looking at the home versus road splits. They uh, they didn't have the the toughest schedule uh period this this year as well i mean not not that the eagles was the the most difficult either but uh with being in the nfc east versus the nfc west uh the teams they're competing with are are the rams uh the seahawks and the cardinals all all uh under 500 or or you know seahawks just uh i think they were nine and eight just kind of squeaking into the playoffs so uh not not too tough in the division they played the nfc south so you got carolina atlanta tampa and and new orleans so that's like four not uh too difficult games and they had the afc west uh with uh denver and uh, uh vegas um as two not great teams um you know that they lost to the chiefs they uh they beat the the chargers so you know a couple games in there that were uh tougher teams uh, the chiefs being the the toughest game in there but they they didn't have the most difficult schedule as well so um something something to consider i think uh, i'd i'd be curious to see the eagles like difficulty of uh strength of schedule ver- versus theirs um to to see to see the difference but yeah, I mean the the 
they're have the number one defense uh in the in the league um during the fox broadcast against the cowboys it said they were uh first against the run 16th against the pass uh but uh this dvoa rank has them fifth against the pass second against the rush but uh first overall so uh top five in in both um with the six overall offense uh third in the pass and 13th uh, in the run for, for the Niners, uh, Eagles, uh, third offense and sixth defense. So, um, better offense, not as good defense. Although I think that the defenses are, are pretty, um, uh, similar, uh, you know, you, if you're an opposing team, you probably don't want to play either of them. Interesting, uh, thing on ESPN this morning, Dan Orlowski was giving the advantage to the uh, Niners offense over the Eagles defense because of uh, how often they like to um, run the ball to the outside uh, and, uh, and, and have short passes up the middle and that, and up the middle is usually where uh, the, the coverage is softest, the most soft um, so I just thought that that was an interesting um, uh, point because it's, you know, behind the the D line, which is the strength of the defense and inside the secondary, which is the uh, the other strength. So, you know, not that we don't have good linebackers, but um, you could kind of see a path there for the Niners to have uh, the sort of uh, death by paper cut type um, long drives there. So. Uh, all signs point to a, a lower scoring game unless there's, you know, something broken open, but I think, uh, a matchup to watch is the Eagles receivers versus their secondary because, uh, they are, they are weaker against the pass and, uh, they, they have a strong, uh, D line, but their, their secondary, I didn't think was, uh, too, too, uh, much to be scared of, especially against the Cowboys. Um, uh, I felt like Dak was putting the the ball in, in harm's way a lot more than, than Jalen will. So that those are just some early observations I had on the, on the matchup there. Yeah. Uh, which side of the ball you want to stick with? Um, do you want to do 49ers defense against Eagles offense? First? Yeah, let, let's do that. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, 49ers defense, um, you know, uh, broad strokes here. It's pretty similar to the Eagles, like philosophically. Uh, so like Eagles blitz percentage is, uh, 20.9%. That ranks them 19th in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, a good bit below average and they're, reluctance to send extra pressure. Uh, the 49ers very similar at 21.6%. Uh, they're one slot behind them. That's 20th. And um, similarly, they play a good amount of zone coverage, just like the Eagles. Uh, so they're quite dissimilar to the Giants in that they can get to the quarterback without sending extra pressure, which generally that's what you want to do that that means you can keep extra guys or 
uh, fewer. Yeah, you, you get more guys than you would otherwise in coverage, which you know makes it harder for the quarterback to find the the open uh, spot to throw the ball. Um, and to to just you know go over their um, they have, they have a very talented defense, so it is a rather long list. But uh, names of note for the 49ers on defense uh, definitely starts with Nick Bosa. He is the odds favorite to win defensive player of the year. Uh, he has a very bloody numbers this year. He's got 18 and a half sacks, which leads the league. He's got 19 uh, TFLs. He's a handful. Um, and he, he doesn't line up in one spot. He, he is kind of split in the right and left side, but I do think he he leans a little bit ever so slightly to um, over the left tackle. So it'll be a big matchup for Lane Johnson, but he will be going up against Jordan Mailata on occasion. Um, across, the, across the line there, uh, the, other, the other guy on the other side, uh, Samson had become. Um, and of note, I think their second highest sack producer on the team is like six and a half sacks. I think that might be him. So there's a pretty, there's a pretty wide disparity between sack production. That's not to say that these guys aren't good pass rushers because they are uh, on the inside. You got Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead. Uh, those are both guys who can uh, get to the quarterback. Um, yeah, just Le- just a, a note on their uh, D line. Like uh, you mentioned, both eighteen and a half sacks in sixteen games. Uh, Ebukam had uh, five sacks from from what I see in fifteen games. Kinlaw only played six games this year, from from what I saw, with a one and a half sacks. And Eric Armstead in nine games had no sacks. So uh, they're diversity of sack production is very limited to to Nick Bosa pretty much where as the the Eagles you know Brandon Grant uh, all all four of Brandon Graham Fletcher Cox Javon Hargrave Hassan Reddick all played all 17 games Graham with 11 Cox with seven uh, Hargrave with 11 Reddick with 16 and uh, I realized I I don't have Josh Sweat uh, which I will quickly pull up I think, because I think I he's sh- like 11. Shouldn't forget him. Uh, he's got 11 in 16 games, so he missed uh, one. Um, yeah, the neck injury. One game with the with the neck. Uh, well, really uh, two. Yeah, because he pretty, missed. The, that was early in the, the rest game. of the so, game. Um, you know the 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 diversity of sack production on the Eagles defensive line against a third string rookie who's never played a serious road game. Uh, uh, in his career, it's only his ninth, uh, game in the NFL. So, uh, I, 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 I like the, not to disservice, do any disservice to the, the Niners D line, but I feel like the Eagles D line holds as much water, if not more than, than the, the Niners D line. So not, not to say Jalen won't have to that to contend with, but it'll, uh, the, the D lines, I, I feel like are going to be equally uh, or comparably difficult on, on both ends. Definitely. Yeah. 
And I would, yeah, I would give the edge to the Eagles uh, if we're just talking like straight D line. But I think if you were drafting, like, if you were drafting all the defensive linemen in this game, Nick Bus would definitely go number one overall. Yeah, yeah. But then I think like the next three picks would probably probably be Eagles, maybe four. Um, I don't even know who their second best head rusher is, but because he gets so much attention and he creates so much havoc, like they don't really need like that other guy similar to like a Josh Sweat to the Eagles Hassan Raddick because Bosa is just like he's on a different level as far as uh havoc that he creates. Um uh so going to the linebackers here. Um, and this is really where the 49ers shine. Um, Fred Warner, um, arguably the best off-ball linebacker in the league. Uh, incredibly impressive player. I don't know if he caught this, but in the Cowboys game last week, just had an, impre- in, eh, an incredible uh, downfield coverage play against CeeDee Lamb, broke up. Yeah. He, he basically had a, a pass breakup with his back to the uh, quarterback. It was a very big play. And he's as fast as a corner. Yeah, I mean he, he's he's everywhere. He's he's great in coverage. He can he can uh, get pressure on the quarterback. He can drop. He can play in coverage. Um, that's that. I mean, like he's, he he just... scares me a bit more than uh, Nick Bosa, and that might be bold to say, but uh, Bosa had. Uh, one tackle for loss and no sacks, one QB hit, uh, two tackles against Dallas. So, you know, not not zero production, but he he didn't seem as uh as you know productive against against Dallas's offensive line. And I'm sure that the attention paid to him might uh free up some other guys, but um just his his production alone, like uh, I he he can be held in check is is my point um especially against the best offensive line in football yeah i do feel the tackles not that i'm predicting a shutout or anything but like i do feel like there is a neutralizing effect with the eagles strength which is offensive line uh but but going back to Warner, i, I think it was gannon who made this comparison but like it was one that I was thinking even before I heard it, and it was uh, he compared him to Luke Kuechly, probably Keekly. Luke Keekly. <laughs> yeah, uh, which he, I mean, he was a guy like whenever you're going up against him, you're like yeah, he's he's just gonna have like four uh, game changing plays, and none of them are gonna make sense, but just count them now. <laughs> um, so yeah, very very smart, very athletic kind of the the guy if there is an ever an argument of why the eagles should take a linebacker in the first few rounds it's like the outcome of what fred warner is um and also dre greenlaw who uh he's 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 their other like really good linebacker um he had a couple dumb penalties last week though got a factor in the intangibles (laughs) um and then going into their secondary, uh, Traverius Ward, he's their uh, quarterback one, um, quarterback, cornerback two, um, Lenore, 
not gonna try that he uh, got picked on a bit yeah he's definitely like he's not bad but he's the weak spot he's the guy who he gets wide receiver two and similar to like uh i think he could even make the comparison like he and like only eagle fans would get this but he kind of gets the the josiah scott effect like and he's not a he's not a nickel cornerback but he's the guy who's like all right, I'm going to throw it there as much as I can. Um, and then they're really good safety. Uh, Hafanga, second-year player. Um, people have compared him to Troy Palomalo already. Um, he, he's, he's a very aggressive player. He's uh, – well, I should say the whole team is, like, very uh, – you know they're quick to the ball they're quick to the ball and like very violent and physical so like as a theme you'll see that from their whole defense and that kind of comes from the top with D'Amico Ryans uh who I would be incredibly surprised if he doesn't get a head coaching job uh at the end of the season here but that's kind of like the top down intensity and uh havoc that the defense kind of just hands out over the course of the game. Like you said, best defense in the league by the metrics, by the tape, and they got a lot of talent. Which I think uh may have mentioned last time, but similar to the 2017 uh season NFC championship game, I think the Vikings were the top defense uh in the league going into that. So, you know, the the uh the Seahawks had a kept it close and had a low scoring uh, first half there. Um, obviously, didn't really score in the second half, but uh, uh, and and the game against Dallas was pretty pretty tight too. So there's uh, there's a lot to uh, expect that it'll be a, a low scoring affair. Um, how about uh, let's switch to Niners offense, Eagles defense? Um, just before we do that, I, I did want to add this because you mentioned um, there. there's not many weaknesses for this uh, 49ers team. They got great uh, run defense. But um, the one area of weakness, and you mentioned this already, um, the deep passing game against their cornerbacks. That's one that I think the Eagles will take advantage of. Uh, San Francisco is ranked 24th in DVOA against deep passes, uh, 26th in EPA per play, and 23rd in defensive success rate against passes uh, more than 20 yards downfield. I think the 49ers rank uh, worst in the league in giving up like plays of 50 yards or more. Um, I'd say like star that as a potential, um, you know, something that could put a pretty, a pretty big spin on the game. Like I said, I think that starts with the cornerbacks, especially it lines up perfectly with uh, the Eagles wide receivers in my mind. I, I th- there is kind of like this um, puzzle piece element of, they have very uh, the 49ers have very good linebackers and not that the Eagles can't attack the middle of the field with AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard on like him breaking routes, but that's something that the 49ers just take away with Warner and Greenlaw on their running defense. 
but I think that stacks up pretty well with the Eagles and their their wide receivers and also like Jalen Hurts. I know he's gotten better uh, with his tendencies, but like he's always wanted to throw to the outside and like last year he was reluctant to go over the middle. So this is one where you're like, all right, yeah, go with your gut here. Like go with the guys that got you into the NFC championship game, which my opinion, um, the two, two wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I do think if you're San Francisco, you'll take that weakness with your, uh, uh D line. So, uh, you know, if they don't get home and, and you give up a big pass, you'll probably take that because it's probably not going to happen, uh, more often than not. And over the course of the game, um, but uh, they so they they played just just to go in their uh, last few games like Kyler Kyler Murray, I think, was hurt by then. So they, they're probably playing a backup uh, Derek Carr before that, before that. Uh, I don't know if they were playing Carson on Christmas Eve or Heineke, um, you know, Gina Smith's not as speedy as as he once was. I, I don't believe he's much of a runner. Um, and, and Dak doesn't run as much as he used to either. So they've, uh, played a lot of, uh, uh, immobile or, or not really run focused quarterbacks. So this will be sort of a first for them over the last few games. Um, they yeah, they're, must they're have played one, Tua, one, I guess. Uh, yeah, the two of no, uh, week one, Justin Fields, but that was before Justin Fields, like, turn into this phenomenal running mm-hmm. quarterback that he was like against the Eagles. Uh, but they lost against the Falcons. That was one of their four losses right. this year. And that's with Marcus Mariota. And he, not that he had like some crazy, like Jalen Hurts running performance, but I think he had something like 50 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. So it's, it's true. They haven't really been tested by a mobile, mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts this season so that's that's something to watch and definitely uh i saw an article today dallas goddard on why he's not a tight end or on why he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body i didn't read it but uh found that interesting um he he had a great game last week i wonder what his production's going to be uh against these really good uh linebackers there because obviously mm-hmm. there's a weakness of of the giants. Um, but overall, I feel like the, the, the run game has been strong. Uh, miles has played well. Kenny Gainwell had a great game last week. Boston Scott had a touchdown. So, uh, the run game, the pass game, like, you know, there we, we've talked about them all year. I feel very confident in, in the offense and, uh, Steichen and Sirianni to, to get them ready to play. Um, I, I, I just feel like it's two strengths going against each other. I, I don't Definitely. know if I give an edge to to any either unit, um, but I think the Eagles' ability for uh, or, or, or skill at explosive plays makes them uh, more of a wild card than uh, their D-line like wrecking the game or, or one linebacker wrecking the game. So... I guess from that perspective, I, I would give the Eagles offense a, a slight edge going into the into the game, but uh, not not really by much. Um, but but then on the other side of it, you have uh, Iowa State alum Brock Purdy. Uh, 
Mr. Irrelevant as I think, uh, I don't know. I'm certainly not getting paid to say Mr. Relevant, but I, I wonder if national and, and local news outlets are because every time there's a preview of this game or a preview of any Niners game this year, it's all, all Mr. Relevant, Mr. Relevant. So uh, there's my obligatory Mr. Irrelevant last pick in the draft. Um, pretty, pretty good. Uh, young, young kid, uh, very poised. Uh, seems seems pretty mature. Uh, takes takes care of the ball uh, by matter of uh, luck and uh, skill. I, I think um, ha- had some odd uh, decisions evading pressure against the Cowboys. Uh, I find that uh, his sort of running backwards and running to the wrong side. Uh, uh, I guess his left or, or his right, whichever, you know, makes his throwing shoulder not come out the right way, uh, <laughs> was was very uh, perplexing against the Cowboys. Um, so that's, I, I feel like he hasn't really made too many mistakes and, uh, but he hasn't, the, the Dallas defense is an elite defense, but uh, he, uh, that was a home game and, and, I don't know. I I just feel like that, that sort of, uh, luck or, uh, you know, streak will, will run out at some point and hopefully it's Sunday on Sunday. Yeah. He's definitely had like mulligans during both weeks of the playoffs, like against the Seahawks, multiple, like give me interceptions dropped, uh, against the Cowboys, like, uh, Diggs just straight up dropped a deflected pass, like another gimme. So he has had like he has been the the benefactor of like good turnover luck. Um, stylistically, I should say like we don't really know enough about him. Like he's only played in um, I think nine games if you just count games that he's appeared in. He's a rookie. Um, but looking at the numbers, um, his time to throw, um, he's he ranks 25th of 34 qualifying quarterbacks. So he's in the bottom third in the league. But when you look at his numbers, those are like, it's a very crowded middle. So like, I don't think that's especially notable. Like, but, you know, maybe I, I think that, you know, basically he doesn't get rid of the ball especially quick, which I think is good for the Eagles' defensive line. Um, his average depth of target is uh, 7.6 yards. Um, that puts him 20th of the 34 quarterbacks, so he's a tick above the league average as far as, um, you know, as far as keeping it close. And then uh, – he throws the ball over the middle of the field a ton. So uh, a little bit over 60% of the time with a league average of um, a tick under 45% of the time. And I think that di- that directly lines up with like the skill set of his pass catchers. Um, and we can get into those. Um, but before that, just like putting a bow on Purdy, like, I'm of the belief that 
everything has gone like not perfect, but everything has gone so right for him so far. Like he hasn't had he hasn't really struggled and had to like overcome or or Leah yeah, he, come back or you know yeah, do those I, things. I don't know what the numbers are in the games, but like I like as I went through those games, those games had such large margins and obviously he had a hand in earning them, but like yeah, outside of the Raiders game. We don't know what he looks like playing from behind or when he like needs to throw the ball in expected downs, like when he can't get set up and be put in a good spot with the running game. Like I, I think that we just don't know what he looks like when he's when he needs to like step up and like deliver above expectation, which there's going to be points this game where he's going to need to like go out and get like a third and eight conversion. And I, I, I just don't think he's that guy. Um, so yeah, I'm of the belief that he'll be challenged this week. And I think it's, it's going to be, um, I don't think it's going to be as pretty as uh, this winning streak that is, you know, still very impressive and, who knows what he continues to be, but um, this is another thing that I saw. Um, rookies in championship games are winless. I think it's historically, and it's a very rare thing, you know, to be a rookie and make it this far. Isn't a, a quarterback's first playoff game uh, win loss record like very lopsided uh losses like I, I remember Carson's first game a lot of people were saying even though he's in the league for so many years like a lot of players first playoff games they usually lose um so in I mean, Brock that, Purdy's yeah, that... case they he won too but I don't know how many rookies have even gotten to a, a conference championship yeah, so I think it's it's either so I believe he's the fifth. So the four prior, um, the three that I'm aware of, um, let's see, Joe Flacco, Mark Sanchez, and I think Ben Roethlisberger, and then there was a guy and like I forget his name, but there was one other guy. But um, you know, those are guys who have solid careers and made a name for themselves and. Who knows, this could be Brock Purdy doing that for himself as well. But uh, color me skeptical. Yeah, I saw a stat uh, for the Eagles defense that even though the the Niners defense, uh, I forget who put it out, uh, even though the Niners defense was first in like yards per game and like points and and like the overall scores, the Eagles uh, were better in like situational, like third down defense, red zone defense. Uh, those kind of sacks, obviously, uh, those kind of things. So um, that that's another matchup to 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 watch um, to to see how situational football, uh, if if this defense or or if Brock Purdy and and the Niners offense can uh, you know win more often than not. Uh, as far as the weapons that Brock Purdy has uh, on the receiving end, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Played in every game this year, had a thousand yard season. George Kittle coming off a really nice game. Uh, 
against Dallas, um, has leads the team with uh, 11 touchdowns. And of course, Debo Samuel is sort of Swiss Army knife running back wide receiver type. Um, missed a few games this year, only has two touchdowns this season, which uh, hurt my fantasy uh, <laughs> dreams, hopes. Uh, McCaffrey's a good uh, pass catching running back. He has uh, 464 yards and four touchdowns uh, receiving. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, he's uh, also uh, their their lead back with 746 uh, yards on the on the ground uh, and six rushing touchdowns. So he's got ten this year. Um, Debo is three. You know, uh, Elijah Mitchell in there. So uh, they they have a really talented group. Uh, I, I, I think Kittle on our linebackers is going to be an interesting, uh, matchup. I don't know how many real tough tight ends we've played. Uh, feels like when we played the Cowboys both times, like Dalton Schultz had a, had a decent game. Um, yeah, I can't think of, uh, how many big, uh, tight ends we've, we've played. Yeah. Uh, there hasn't been many this year. Yeah. Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, Juwan Jennings, the one week you started him in fantasy. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. No, they really haven't had too many, um, like, imposing matchups there. Obviously, Mark Andrews wasn't on the schedule, nor was uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they got Juwan kind of Jennings as their third. It's kind of Kyle a thin Juszczyk. position league-wise. Yeah. League-wide. So yeah, the- uh, and they uh, they use check is sort of their uh their unique uh fullback position that they i don't think have seen this year that type right. of role and what what they like to do like i know he's not really a star player and like he is he's not like athletically gifted he's more of like kind of a plotting uh guy who can catch the ball on occasion but what they like him what they like him for is he um they like using 21 personnel which uh we don't really see that often around the league but that's when they have two running backs and one tight end and when it is Debo, Ayuk, uh Juszczyk, McCaffrey and Kittle those five guys can pretty much line up wherever on the field so you can have Debo in the backfield Juszczyk lining up a tight end you can have like Kittle separated out. Like there's all sorts of like, uh, it, it's like they're a mismatch personnel. And I'm sure the Eagles have like studied it a ton, but when they don't use it that often, but they use it way more often than like anybody else in that league. And on, on the limited numbers of when they run it, like it's a very productive and efficient personnel group. So definitely watch that. Yeah. All right. You got any, well, I guess we could talk about their offensive line. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, no, obviously, um, uh, Trent Williams, their, uh, their left tackle, uh, very talented. It's been in the league for, for a long time. Uh, and on the other side, Mike McGlinchey, I think he's a Philly native. Yeah. Wasn't he like, Roman Catholic or something. I forget uh, what is. I don't know, but local connection he, is. But he uh, he, he should have a, a moral 
internal conflict uh, during the game and play bad. Yeah. I don't have much else to say about their guards. I know their center is pretty good. Yeah, it's really just like the tackles are the names that stand out to me. Uh, Trent Williams, most most people hold him as like the best all-around tackle in the league. Uh, McGlinchey is decent, but I think he can be had. Uh, He's certainly not a bad tackle, but he's not nearly as good as Trent Williams, and he was kind of getting shoved into a locker last week with Micah Parsons. So uh, I'll have his hands full this week with Hassan Reddick. Unfortunately, he's not getting a break in the playoffs here. And yeah, I'd say that's a pretty thorough rundown of the players. Uh, before we do get into predictions, um, <clears throat> how do you feel about the Eagles defense uh, going up against this 49ers offense I feel pretty confident I think because of the quarterback thing uh, a lot a lot this week has been the Jake Delhomme uh, you know uh, uh, an inferior or lesser quarterback coming into town and playing well in the NFC championship game so I'm not uh, I don't, I don't want to under um, under under estimate him but i i am excited to see this defense uh him, him play against this defense and see how how he fares um i i just don't expect him to really pick them apart for a full 60 minutes so i feel like something's got to give it might be sort of a chess match first half and and uh, a, a real big uh second half uh, i sort of anticipate a a, a stressful long feeling game um but it might be one of the best games of the year uh that that's kind of where i'm leaning but i I feel confident in the d-line and and the defense to sort of keep everyone in check and make adjustments and it's uh it's gannon's time to shine he's got those uh, head coaching interviews coming up soon (laughs) so he's gotta keep doing his homework yeah the things that so this is a side of the game that um i think it's it's similar to i mean this is probably the biggest advantage of the game um 49ers well i don't know it's tricky because there is like the balancing act of purdy (laughs) uh but I'll, i'll take real quick i'll take purdy out of the equation which i know isn't a real thing but um the 49ers attack the soft middle of the field more than like any other team the the amount of in-breaking routes they just spam uh that that's a big problem for the eagles defense because that's the one spot where they're most vulnerable that is the linebacker group and the safety group um and to to add more on top of that this is a 49ers team who uh they like to run the ball i, I think let me see they're their um, DVOA running the ball is so they're thirteenth in the league. Um, and that's up. That's up against the Eagles, twenty first as far as the rushing game goes. So like, that's like the biggest differential. Like if we're just looking straight DVOA, and why I think that's a problem is 
like the Eagles like to do the five five linemen to help clog up the running lanes. So that's with Linval, uh, Damakin Su, um, and Jordan Davis. But when you have that extra guy on there, that's taking a linebacker off the field. And I'm not even saying that like that's much of a loss because typically they only have TJ Edwards out there. And occasionally we see Kaiser White out there. But like they're going to have Kittle out there breaking in. They're going to have Debo breaking in. So I don't know what the Eagles game plan really is there because I think they know that's where they're going to get attacked. That's where the 49ers know they're going to attack. Um, maybe something that helps is what I was talking about earlier with dropping uh, CJGJ, like a bigger guy in the slot on occasion instead of Avante. But that's the thing that I, like, I'm most nervous for, like the middle of the field. I, I do think Slay and Bradbury, like they're going to be going up against very talented wide receivers in their own right and Debo and Ayuk, but I feel better about them holding up there than the linebackers and safeties. And I like, you know, the defensive line, I feel pretty good them going up against uh, the 49ers offensive line who, you know, they have, they have talent, especially in Trent Williams, but I think the rest of the guys, you know, this is an, a historically good defensive line going up against uh, a seventh round rookie. So it all kind of, you know, you know, putting Purdy back in, it does make me feel a little bit better. But yeah, all right, that's where that's where I'll stop. If I yeah, go further, it's going to be gonna... a tough one. All right, let's get into predictions. Alrighty, um, I will hit you with my first. Um, okay. Uh, starting off with like kind of a funny prediction here, but I think Kyle Juszczyk scores a touchdown against the Eagles. Um, that, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I just feel like it's one of those like backbreaker. Well, I, I hope it's not a backbreaker. Like maybe they get it in the first quarter and you're like, it's one of those aggravating ones where maybe it's like, a tight bunch and like he peels off and like he's just wide open maybe it's like a qb boot and he's just like way out there maybe it's like they're at like the the four yard line on third down and they think it's a run but he peels off and like yeah. he's just uncovered and like it's reed blankenship's guy and he went <laughs> it's a bus you're so. hating on reed <laughs> um now reed's been doing well it's just yeah uh, Shanahan is creative and Juszczyk feels like a very unsuspecting guy to make a big play. Yeah. Me. This has all the makings of like a chess match. I, yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be a, an interesting thing. Uh, my first prediction, Brock Purdy will have two turnovers, a, an interception to CJ Gardner Johnson and a strip fumble uh, recovered by Fletcher Cox or caused by him. I like that better caused by him recovered by somebody else. Maybe him. Uh, I think the turnover battle, uh, which has been a, a popular topic uh, over the beat reporters and on Twitter, the turnover battle that the Eagles are, are just as good pretty much with one or less turnovers. I think LH or parks tweeted this stat out. 
um, as they are with two or more. And the Niners are like four and three with less than two turnovers. So, um, and I think they're like six and oh or something with two, two or more, six and one, something like that. So, uh, the turnover battle will likely determine the, the game. And that's, uh, 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 without context, but uh, obviously <laughs> it's easier to win when you have more turnovers. But I think that the Eagles have a better shot if they don't get turnovers to still play play a good game. Yeah, Give me two for Birdie. Yeah, I like that. I think that lines up with like how I see this going. Like, I don't think Purdy will have like a like a doomsday game, but I think he has like a falls back to earth and. Just a couple yeah. mistakes. Yeah, no, uh, no true pumpkin game, but yeah, I think the Eagles will get a few out of Purdy myself. Uh, my second prediction here: uh, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat combined for more sacks than Nick Bosa and um, Eric Armstead. Uh, yeah, I like, I like Reddick going up against McGlinchey. He's just a he's. He's he's been a beast all season long, but uh, he was great last week against the Giants. Um, Josh Sweat will have a tougher go of it going up against Trent Williams, but the last time the Eagles played Trent Williams, Derek Barnett was spinning around uh, Trent Williams for a sack, so it's not like he's impervious to um, getting beat. I think he'll just have a tougher go of it. And on the other end, I think Nick Bosa could end up, you know, getting to the quarterback, but I was impressed with Lane Johnson last week. Um, he looked great going up against, I believe, Thibodeau for most of the day. Um, and, you know, although he's still injured, you know, he made it, he made it through. He didn't miss any snaps. He's practicing. There's no really um, red flag or anything. And, you know, this goes, this also goes to the rest of the group here, like Jordan Mailata. I, I feel like now, like Mailata is no longer like impressive. He's, he's moved on to like expected. Have you yes. noticed that this year? It's yeah, just some like, games oh, yeah, I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like he, he, if he gives up anything or almost, or gets a penalty, it's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, well, yeah. And I know it was, it was like all last year. It was like, he was Baldy's favorite. And now he's just like. Oh, he's one of the best left tackles in the league. Yeah. <laughs> um, um uh, so, my yeah. second my second prediction you sort of uh uh have um I got uh Bosa with two and a half sacks and Reddick with two sacks. So I think both um star uh uh edge rusher guys uh will will have some production. Uh oh, who are they coming against? Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sack in like years. My lotta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh yeah, that'll be a tough, tough day if Bose has got two and a half. But um my final one here. We haven't really talked much about the wide receivers. Um so this isn't my prediction, but it'll lead into it. So apologies if you had one about either, but just to give them a little bit of attention because I think they'll have a pretty big determining part in this week's game. Uh, Devontae Smith, I think, 
he has the easier assignment going up against Lenore. He's the guy who, um, you know, kind of gets picked on. Devontae Smith, I mean, he, he's he's a big game guy. Um, I think, you know, given what the 49ers do to take away the middle of the field and uh, the talent that exists on the outside for the Eagles, I, I think Devontae Smith will have that easier assignment and he may be able to see more targets than A.J. Brown. But now getting to my prediction, I think A.J. Brown has a big game after a quiet performance last week. Um Let's give him 130 yards and a touchdown. This is the type of game where your uh, superstar wide receiver, uh, this is the game that they want to play in. And they, they these are the games where they want to get all the targets they can get. This is why you go out and trade your first round pick and give them uh, the longest contract on the team right now. And I, I think this is like, yeah, this is an AJ Brown game. I, I think he and Devontae Smith, this is a game where like the edges in this game are so narrow, but I think it's so clear that that is that and their offensive line, like you don't need to be uh, a brainiac to figure out that's where they should uh, like push and get the advantage. So give me a good day for AJ Brown. Uh, yeah, it's sort of read each other's minds here, but I'll, I'll add a, another bit. Uh, AJ Brown, I got 10, 10 catches, uh, 110 yards and a touchdown. And on top of that, let's give, uh, Hertz a 300 yard passing day. Alrighty. Nice. I dig that. Big that offense. Sounds, Big that offense. Like a fun day. game to watch. Yeah. We, we both say it's going to be low scoring and, uh, extremely. Yeah, I didn't say it's going to be a low scoring. Speak well, for yourself. Well, sorry, we both said that it was going to be a tough defensive matchup. <laughs> All right. Uh, hopefully, you're not picking your same player of the game as you did last week. I am not. Okay, great. Um, I'm, I'm taking Jalen Hurts here. Um, I think we didn't get to see all of Jalen Hurts last week, mostly because we saw so much of it in the first half and the score – uh, became lopsided very quickly. And not to like oversimplify here, but I feel best about this game when I just look at the quarterbacks. These are the biggest determining factors in the game. And I know that's not like <laughs> that is football most of the time, but like it is so clear that in his return, the team, like everything fell into its place against the Giants after. Uh, many people nationally thought that this Eagles team was reeling, but he has such a calming effect, uh, you know, just um, like emotionally on the team, but like on the field, what he does for the running game, the passing game, um, his leadership. I, I think the team rallies around him. And even though he'll have a tougher game this week, especially with athletic linebackers like, Warner and Greenlaw, who can probably, you know, get to him quicker than any uh, opposing spy he's seen this season. I think, like, you know, we're going to see – we've seen in the past that, like, Eagles coming up against very, um, very good 
run defenses when they go up against Jalen Hurts in this Eagles offensive line. Suddenly that goes out the window and you can see the Eagles uh, enforcing their will on the team. So for those reasons, I think Jalen Hurts has a good day targeting the wide receivers and maybe a little bit of Dallas Goddard. And I also think the Eagles running game uh, has more success than uh, the 49ers run defense metrics and rankings say they should. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think that uh, you can simplify to basic football terms. We have the better quarterback and over the course of the game with similar defenses, um, you're probably going to have the game come down to the quarterback and and we simply have an all pro MVP candidate and they have a rookie who's only played eight games in the league. My player of the game, we talked about him. Uh, I think it's fitting after only, I think, two catches last week. Give me A.J. Brown. Uh, already had his stats out somewhere in the 100 yards, uh, uh, making him, I believe, the first Eagles receiver since 2000 in a playoff win, not to spoil my prediction, uh, playoff win to to go for over 100 yards. So give me A.J. Brown. He's going to be much needed this week, and he is my player of the game. Nice. Uh, before I get to the final score, I just want to hammer hammer home the point that, like, Brock Purdy hasn't been in a hostile environment yet. I know he he traveled to Seattle. Isn't Iowa State a, a Big Ten? He just he, – he's had such a, like, a – a cushy crowd slash arena environment. And I don't think he's ready for what's to come. Like both playoff games have been in San Francisco. Now he's got to come to Philly. And I just don't, in the regular season, he hasn't seen a crowd like this. And the playoffs, he certainly hasn't either. I think if the like, Phillies runs any indication, like all these teams come in going like, yeah, like no big deal. And then, you know, you hear <laughs> stories after where they <laughs> yeah, can't hear each other and this and that. So uh, I feel like they're downplaying it. And then it's definitely going to be a factor. And uh, I feel like the the fans are going to come to play. And hopefully the the team does too. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a major factor for for him. Because you brought up the Phillies, um, quick aside, did you see the Rob Thompson or did you hear? Slash yeah, the Rob four Thompson? hours of hell. Four hours of hell. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the t-shirt. Yeah, that's, that's great. So, um, yeah, so hopefully it'll be, uh, you know, four hours of hell for, for the, the for Niners. Uh, Eagles home favorites, two and a half points over under set at 46 and a half implied score of Eagles 25, 49ers 22. What do you got? Um. Before I reveal, that line initially was two, you said? It was initially one and a half, and now it's two and a half. Okay, so they're not a lot I don't of know movement. when it moved up, but I think it was two and a half for, like, most of the week. Okay, got it. Um, so they're kind of just giving the Eagles, like, the home field advantage here as far yeah. as points. Uh, so a bit of a pick em. I think it's pretty clear for anybody who's listening to us. Um, give me the Eagles 27, 49ers 23. Uh, I got the Eagles covering, winning, 
and most importantly, advancing to the Super Bowl. 27-23 is four points. Right. So they're covering. Isn't that not covering? That's four. Oh, they are covering. Sorry. I'm getting mixed up. All right. I got the Eagles <laughs> very close in score. Eagles 26, Niners 22. Off by one of yours. Same yeah, point wow. differential. Um, but let's let's go to the Super Bowl. Let's go to Arizona. And uh, just as a final thing, Bengals at Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are a one-point favorite. Uh, who you got? Um, hmm. I got mine. So you won't influence me one bit. Um, let's see. I think I've seen Mahomes like practicing. So that makes me feel like barring like any um, re-injury rest of week or in warmups, I'm going to take, I'm going to go chalk here, go with the home team, go with uh, the best quarterback in the league. So I have it Eagles going up against the Chiefs. Wow. I got the Bengals plus one. I think Burrow's a stud. I think Mahomes is hurt. Uh, so who do you have? Who do you have winning if you're taking the points here? All right. The Bengals. All right. I mean, you could have the Chiefs. The Chiefs win. The, the Chiefs, if the Chiefs win by one, then I would still uh, not. Uh, it would be a push, I guess. So I got the Bengals plus one. Now, who Eagles. do you want to win? Who would you be rooting for? Uh, if if Mahomes is injured uh, slightly, I would probably want the Chiefs to win. Um, even if Mahomes wasn't hurt, I, I think the the Bengals have a, a stronger cast of uh, cast of characters there. It would be cool to play Andy for uh, whoever will have more Super Bowls as uh, the Eagles have won and Andy has won uh i think that would be a cool thing uh but i think it would be more uh satisfying to beat the Bengals at, at full strength um so you know depending how healthy mahomes is i, I think i would probably the easier choice i think would be the chiefs a, a bit the matchup's probably better against the chiefs um but if mahomes is 100 percent healthy i think it's pretty tough on on either end so uh I think similar to wanting the Cowboys to have that be more a more satisfying win. I guess the the Bengals I'd probably want to beat more, but to to face more probably the Chiefs. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Two two final quick questions here. Do the Eagles elevate Anthony Harris from the practice squad only to not have him dress come game day? No. No. Okay. Um, I thought that was a fun little uh, game they played yeah. last week. <laughs> I guess it was just like a deal they had for like... If I had to bet on it, I would say probably no, just because Avante's back. So there's probably... CJ might come in as a safety, so... All right, and last question. Trey Sermon revenge game? Surprise activation? Again, no. <laughs> All right. That one's a longer shot. Let's go All to right. the Super Bowl. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the Super Bowl. 
Uh, thanks again, 100th episode. Hopefully our 101st is, is after a win. So we'll, we'll talk to you uh, later after, after the NFC Championship game. For Mike, I'm Ian. Thanks for listening.